Your verses captured my attention upon that waxwork website. Their beauty goes beyond all mention. So I thought if you're free tonight, perhaps you'd like to go out with me. I promise we'll have a good time. I've been perusing your pretty poetry and pondering if you'll be mine. I'd like the one about cutting people open. Its composition was tight. I wrote a similar one about a rope and I'll read it to you when the time is right. Perhaps you'd like to go out with me. I promise we'll have a good time. I've been perusing your pretty poetry and pondering if you'll be mine. I promise you I will bring you flowers, dance with you in the starlight. You've entertained me on the internet for hours And I'll repay you if it takes all night Cause perhaps you'd like to go out with me I promise we'll have a good time I've been perusing your pretty poetry And pondering if you'll be mine Please be mine <coughs> oh man, my throat hurts from singing that. My name is Jordan D. White, and uh, this is uh, Cast and Wax. Welcome. Oh man. <coughs> oh jeez, Louise. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you are a regular listener, you know it's been a little while. It's been about a month since our last show. Part of that was because I was lazy, part of that was because I was busy, and part of that was because I wanted to give you all time to vote in the Recast and Wax show um, section, game show, contest. Contest, that's, that's a good thing. As you know, our three co-hosts that are not me, meaning Frank Allen, Rory Sinjin, and Scape White, have each created a little pilot segment for a new segment of this show. All three of those segments have been played for you, the listener, and I've invited you to vote for your favorite. Here's how you do that. You send your votes to castinwax at gmail.com. That's castinwax at gmail.com, and you can send as many votes as you like. Now, you're probably wondering, why am I telling you this if I'm going to read the results today? I'm not going to read the results today. I want to give you one last chance. I want you to go out and vote, and when I say send in as many votes as you want, I mean as many as you want. You're about to hear uh, all the votes we've got so far, so you can even hear where your favorite show is standing before you vote. Now, for those of you who have never heard the show before or who have not heard uh, the, the recast and wax segments, that's fine too. All you have to do is go to uh, waxwork.com, which is W-A-X hyphen W-O-R-K.com slash wiki. That will bring you to the Waxwork Wiki. And then if you go up to the search bar and you type in recast in wax, that's uh, with a with a dash. So in other words, R-E dash cast. Re dash cast in wax. It will bring you to the Waxwork Wiki page for recast in wax. And you, there you can listen to all three uh, of the segments without listening to the to the entire shows around them. You can just listen to the, the three segments, which are, as you know, The Scape Debate by Mr. Scape White, Frank Advice by Frank Allen, Rory's Stories from Another World by Rory Sinjin. Now, for this episode, uh, it, it is a normal episode of, a sh- of the show in that we're going to have our serials and stuff, 
But before we do that, and in fact throughout the entire thing, I should really say, uh, we're going to be reading your votes for Recast and Wax. That's right, we're going to be running a, a tabulation of the votes as we go along this episode, and you'll be able to hear how things stand at this exact moment uh, uh, by the end of the episode. Before we get to those mails, though, let's uh, let's bring out our three contestants uh, in alphabetical order. First off, Mr. Frank Allen, how are you doing here today? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, thank you for having me back on the show. I'm pretty confident that I'm going to be able to win this this puppy. Uh, I think you're a little confused. There's not a puppy at stake. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's slang. I think I'm going to win... This show contest that will make it so that my show is on. Is oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I'm very confident. I think uh, Frank Advice is the only one of the, the, the three shows that has a, a real purpose. You know, it actually uh, uh, people write in, they have questions, they get them answered. The other two are, are much more goofy and uh, entertainment based. But mine is information based. And that's what people need. Information. Information. Yes. All right. Uh, let me bring out our second alphabetical contestant, Mr. Rory Sinjin. Hello, yes, my name is Rory Sinjin. Hello, how are you today? I'm good, Rory. Thank you for being here. Uh, Rory, we, we're going to be voting today uh, and then and then uh, hopefully over the next week or so. So uh, what what do you think about this competition? Well, no, I mean, Frank says informational is the only important thing. But the fact is, mine, first of all, mine is informational because it tells you about something that is true in another world. I mean, it absolutely is. Uh, just as the, in the same way that if, if a news story tells you about something that occurs in, in France, you know, for example... Uh, that's still legitimate news. It's not like, well, it's not really news if it's for a different country. No, it's still news. And this is still informationally true for a different world, and at the same time it's entertaining because it is about an entertainment, um, you know, concept, which is, a uh, uh, literature. Right, right, right. Okay, well, that makes sense. Informational and entertaining. Absolutely correct. And our final contestant is Mr. Scape White. How are you doing today, Scape? I'm good, Dad. Thank you for having me back, even though I live here, so you know. I know, I know. Uh, so, Rory's saying uh, his show is informational and entertaining. Uh, Frank's in his inf is informational. Well, mine's entertaining, too. Uh, well, hold on. You already had a chance to talk. Scape, what do you say about yours? Mine is, uh, okay, mine is all of those things, too. Informational and entertaining and also awesome because it has information about things. So, when I talked about how food is good, that was information about how food is good. Did you know? Also, it was entertaining because you're like, hey, listen, that's Scapey. He's cool. I like listening to him. And it's awesome because you're like, hey, listen, that's Scapey. He's awesome. I like listening to him also. So that's three things. That is a good point. That is three things. Okay, well, I'm going to start uh, reading letters uh, from our listeners, and uh, and we'll start tabulating the votes as we go. And I'm going, by the way, I'm going in chronological order. These are the order that we got the votes in. So hopefully everybody will enjoy that. Uh, although I, I will mention that a lot of them, some of them are just votes. They just say, here's what I vote for. Other ones uh, have a bit more of a letter to them. This is uh, this is one of those, this first one. Uh, it's from Bailiff Quimby. It says, first, let me get my recast and wax votes out of the way. I'm voting for Frank. Let's say turdy 11 votes for Frank. Not because he had the best show, he didn't. But he's underrepresented on the show right now. Rory has his faux history stuff every episode, and Scape has scapey stories on maybe half the episodes. But Frank Allen's Debatatorium and Tractor Fiction are long over, even if Debatatorium has a short revival with a rematch in the near future. So, voting for Frank. Also, Scape, if you're really the best debater, how would you feel about taking on the winner of the Lord Zest slash Byron Samuels rematch with someone other than yourself moderating? Finally, Rory, my lawyers have told me that I can only sign over the check to you for your idea for the vegetarian converting Junti Cheeseburger Institute restaurant chain if you sign a contract stipulating that you supplied the idea for the concept behind the restaurant. So let me know how much your principles are worth. 
To sweeten the savory deal, my lawyers have suggested that I additionally offer you a cross-promotional deal, where, in addition to converting vegetarians to meat, we also heavily promote extra history. It would provide thousands, perhaps millions of new customers for you, in addition to interesting young minds in the science of extra history, so that many young, impressionable minds right out of high school will be clamoring at the door of your school to learn extra history. I believe the expression you used was sweet, sweet tuition lucre. Meanwhile, at no fiscal cost to you, you could investigate worlds where individuals do not attend our restaurant and are made miserable for it. Anyhow, this is the potential long-running fortune to be made here. If you are not interested, I'm sure there are other people who wouldn't mind being filthy rich. Perhaps that John Baptiste fellow who keeps writing in. He sounds like an enterprising go-getter. And after all, you're not claiming the idea as your own, are you, Bailiff Quimby? All right, well, let's let's start with the votes. Um, let's see. Frank got... Well, here's the thing. I, I, the rule I made was I would accept any number of votes as long as it was a number, and Turdy 11 is not a number. Oh, no. Okay, wait. No, that's not fair. I, Frank, I actually think that's pretty fair. I can't enter that number on this calculator. So, I mean, how am I supposed to tally? Uh, because he clearly meant 3011, which is uh which is 41. No, I don't th I don't think that's clear at all. 3011 is not even close to 41. They don't sound anything alike. No, but it sounds like 30. 30, 30, 11, meaning 11, and 30, 11 would be, well, either 41 or depending, or maybe 3,011. I mean, that's fine, too. I'll take that. No, Frank, no. I said, I, listen, everybody, I said it has to be a number, and that's not a number, so... It's really unfair. It's not unfair. Yeah, there's still plenty of votes to count. Okay, that was just the first one we got in. Scape, uh, he also addressed something to you there, Scape. He said, uh, if you're such a good debater, would you be willing to debate the winner of, of Frank's debatatorium rematch? Of course. Even, uh... Even if Frank is the moderator? Well, yeah, I guess I would still do it, though, because I I obviously will win all debates. I, I, I've done a grand total of one debate, and I won it. Well, that's not true. You debated Boobell. Oh, yeah. Did I win that, or I, I forgot? I don't remember. Did Frank, did he win that one? Uh, well, that's a good question. Um... I don't think you did. I think Boo won that. Uh, well, escape. That means you're fifty-fifty. So you win. Have won half the debates you've done. Well, that's not as good. But I will win this one too, and then I will. Plus, I'm going to win this contest, and then I'm going to win everyone. How do you already know you're going to win everyone? Because I'm the host. I will obviously pick myself. Oh, you see that? He's clearly not fair. So nobody should vote for his. Well, we'll see if anybody votes for his. But anyway, Rory, uh, the last part of this uh, letter has to do with you a whole lot. In fact, uh, this June tea cheeseburger thing. Yes. Um. Okay. Well. This is really difficult, because I, as you know, I'm a vegetarian. Uh, I converted to vegetarianism because my lovely girlfriend, uh, Junti Loveburger, uh, is a vegetarian, and she suggested it to me, and I, it's not that I did it for her. I did it because I realized it was the right thing to do after her, you know, just kind of turning me on to that idea, and, and, I, and I, I support it, and I'm happy that I do. But the thing is, June, June, they're offering me a lot of money here, you know, and they're saying I can only, I can only have the money if I claim that this idea was mine. Now, I, d I don't think it was mine, but if claiming that it's mine would get me a whole lot of money, that would be a, a, a definitely a very nice thing. So are you going to do it? That's the real question. I mean, you have a lot of money, don't you? Well, yes, but, you know, one of the lessons I learned, if I learned anything from the Slam Jackson Japan fiasco, it's that resting on the laurels of a lot of money is never enough, because you never can tell how much you're going to lose very, very quickly. And yes, I, so I have a lot of money, and do I think I'll lose it very quickly? No, I don't. But what if I do? You know, it's always good to have more money coming in. And so, you know, yes, I, I you know, Bail of Quimby, I, I mean, I have to. Yes, I have to say, yes, this was my idea. So please, um, I mean, not, not only is it going to give me a lot of money, it's going to give me all these extra history opportunities. 
I have to do this. I have to do this. So, yes, Bailiff Grimby, thank you. Yes, I, it was my idea. June tea cheeseburger, vegetarian converting. I mean, you know, June, and by June, I mean June tea love burger. June, don't be bad. Listen, you, you must understand. You like money, too, you know. I know we both do. That's one of the things we have in common. You, you must understand that even though I can support, through the use of my name, this institute that is for vegetarian conversion back into meat-eating, I can, in with my actions, support the reverse. You, you, I mean, I think you know what I'm saying. It's just for the money. Listen, it's just for the money, so please, you, you, you know you'll understand. Ah, uh, well, let's, I hope we'll find out soon. June, uh, if you do understand, please write into us, or maybe even call into us, or send us an audio message. Anyway, listen, thank you uh, for that, Bailiff Quimby. Uh, I can't count your vote, but uh, it was nice of you to write in. Let's keep cranking through this and get to the next letter uh, with votes for the recast in wax voting. Uh, Dear blessed folk of cast in wax, I just wanted to write to confirm my endorsement of Frank Allen, both to make him famous and for him to win the recast in wax co-host competition. I'll be casting all my votes for Frank. As I am the creator of all existence, then I believe the correct number of votes attributable to me should equal the sum total of all votes cast by everyone else in my creation, plus seven. It would be plus one, but I know that really close races often involve recounts, and that's a hassle for everyone. Sincerely, Jesus H. Christ, creator of the universe, savior to all mankind, and honorary Green Lantern. P.S. Bless you all. Yes, even that heathen Jordan D. White. Okay, well, uh, thank you for writing in, Jesus. Um, here's the thing. Uh, because we're going in order, uh, as in we're, 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 ca- we're tabulating the votes you know, as they come in, um, the number of votes cast at this point is zero, so I'll have to you know, make that... Your, your amount cast is zero plus seven. So zero plus seven is seven, obviously. So that's seven votes for Frank uh, advice. Yes! That means I am now in the lead. Thank you very much. You are. You are in the lead. Scape has zero votes. Arr! Frank has seven votes. Yes. And Rory has no votes. Let's see what we've got. Also, uh, Frank, Jesus likes you. What's going on with this? It's just a thing, you know. Uh, everybody's got to have their supporters, and Jesus is one of mine, and I'm proud to have him. I'm, I'm always pleased to meet fans, so... Thank you, Jesus. And, um, you know, th- th- this is the sort of thing that happens. It is a little strange since I did do Tractor Fiction in which I, I did say Jack Chick was wrong about everything, but maybe Jesus agrees with us. Jack Chick is wrong about everything. Uh, so, you know, there we are. All right. Well, it's good, it's good to have you listening, Jesus. Um, thank you for the blessing, I guess. I, mean, I don't really want it, but thank you. Uh, okay. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Let's do maybe one or two more votes and then we will, uh, hop on to the first of our series. How does that sound? Oh, uh, that sounds fine. I like being in the lead, so I'm, I'm cool with anything. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. Here we have, uh, hello, you podcast people or whatever. My name is Paul DaCosta and I am not, I repeat, not a listener of your podcast. I mean, I've heard it tons of times over and over. It drives me up the friggin' wall. My roommate Dion listens to you all the time. Constantly. Arg! He plays it as loud as he can, and no matter what I do, I can't drown it out. God, the constant bickering and fighting and BS that you guys fire back and forth at each other is nauseating to say the least. I haven't spoken to my parents in five years because of this kind of crap. Some kind of machine that will destroy the world if numbers are low. I'm rich, I'm poor, I'm rich again. Everybody getting kidnapped constantly, a singing cat, a communist zoo, WTF! And then out of the blue, an incredible ray of hope recast in wax a completely unbiased competition to decide who is the best at not only what they do but who is the best at what everyone else at the podcast does thank you thank you thank you for finally giving me the forum i needed to vote for the change that i have longed for in my admittedly unasked for listening practices so here it is my vote is for 
Lynn Nelson. Oh, the joy. Oh, the pleasure. She is the host that would keep me coming back over and over again, and again, and again, and over again. Smart? Without a doubt. Funny? It's hard not to laugh thinking about her while I write this. A voice of logic and reason? Um, duh. Plus, I googled her right after hearing her podcast, and I gotta say, whoo, doggy, she is so... I mean, she is one... If I could just... Well, suffice it to say, I could Google her a lot if I had the chance, if you know what I mean. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, grain, smirk. Let me just say that you can consider me cast in the awesome glow of the wonder that is Lynn Nelson. And please, please, please put in my vote for Lynn as the winner of this incredible competition. Also, if you could email me her address or phone number or place of employment or something, that would be awesome. Yours truly, a possible future mega fan, Paul DaCosta. Uh, thank you for that, Paul. Uh, Lynn's not in the running, but I'll, I'll cast one vote for her, sure. Um, but she's already being beaten by Frank, so... That was really lame for him to write in Lynn, because she better not win. She can't win. How could she win? She's only got one vote. There's seven votes for Frank. Well, he'd better not win, too. Well, we'll see. Uh, let's go for one more. Um, hi there. Here are my votes for a recast in Wax. Escape debate, three votes. Frank advice, one vote. Rory stories... 0.5 votes. I also have a request. Please consider a continuation of Frank's mocking reenactments of Rory's stories. It was surprisingly entertaining. This is from our good friend, Samuel Erickson. Um, thank you very much, Sam. So let's see. That that will actually change the, the actual numbers. So three votes for Scape, one vote for Frank brings us up to eight, and uh, 0.5 for Rory. Regarding uh, Frank's mocking of of uh, Rory's stories. I'm sure if Rory's stories wins, Frank's mocking version will continue. Oh, yeah, don't worry. I will mock him relentlessly. I'll probably mock him anyway. You know, I'll just mock him in Frank advice if you guys want. Yeah, I didn't want that, actually. Thank you very much. Well, I wasn't doing it for you. I was doing it for the listeners. Listeners, I will mock him relentlessly if that's what you desire. That's not what they desire. Well, that's what this one guy desires. Well, it's, it's one person, so, you know, I don't know why we even have to listen to it. Look, look. There's plenty of votes going on that are not from that one person, Sue. There we are. That is true. You know what? Let's go for one more vote, and then we'll get to our shows. Uh, this is another really quick one. It's from our good friend Lynn Nelson, Speak of the Devil. Uh, she, oddly enough, did not vote for herself. She sent in 6.5 votes for Frank Advice. Oh, thank you, Lynn. Yes, that is awesome. That brings uh, Frank up to 14.5. So now we've got three votes for Scape. 14.5 for Frank and 0.5 for Rory. Yeah, I do. This is a very unfair system. I don't think it's an unfair. I think it's a pretty fair system. Well, people are sending in as many votes as they want. You know, it's 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 chaos. Well, but Rory, none of them have sent in just a vote for you anyway. So if it was one vote, yeah, each, that's, that's not my point. That's not my point. I just I think it's unfair. I just want to register a formal complaint that I think it's unfair. All right, then a formal complaint is registered. Uh, saying that uh, it's unfair. Excellent, thank you. Good. So now uh, we're going to get to our shows. Uh, you know what? Uh, rather than recently, we've been uh, we've been stopping uh, and starting between the shows. I think we're going to just blast right through them all, right in a row. We're going to hear first off Chop Henderson. Then we're going to hear lots of uh, Where Are They Now in History, or rather, what lots of this day in history, and then Where Are They Now in History. And then we're going to hear Slam Jackson. And then we'll come back and we'll finish the rest of the votes that we've got because there's actually something secret at the end of the podcast. But um, anyway, oh, do, uh, nobody heard that, right? What? Heard what? Good, good. Okay, good. Uh, okay, so, um, yes, let's listen now to Chop Henderson. Chop Henderson, incarcerated. By Pete Bowers, Daniel Schwartz, and Charles Berman. Episode 5, Schindler's Fist. 
He is bold like fall colors, faster than the speed of light beer, and smart like the latest issue of Vogue. He once killed a guy, and then he did it over and over again. He once took a stand on abortion by sending a case of plastic grocery bags to an orphanage. Then he took another one by killing several pregnant women. He once uttered a racial slur so bad that he was kicked out of a KKK meeting before he even arrived at the meeting. I really wish I knew what that slur was, cause... Wow. He is the man his admirer calls Chop Henderson, because he is Chop Henderson. It's time for dinner at the commissary, so Chop Henderson is at the commissary for dinner. Well, Bogworth, it seems I'm really top dog now. No, master. And such a satisfying feeling. Almost makes it worth killing the only person who's ever shown me any kind of... Wait, 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 what what was that you just said? I had said no, master, master. Well, that's not what I'm paying you to say. No, master. You're not paying me at all, master. Besides the point, I've killed three wardens running, and one while I was riding on a bull. I see the top four dogs now. My peers must love me or face the consequences. Hey, f*** you, Anderson. See how they joke with me? Hello, um, peon. No, seriously, f*** you. Go to hell. That warden was like the nicest guy in history. He was gonna give me a bike. A bike! He was gonna buy land for the jail and clear a bike path so I could ride it. That man was a father I never had. Well, how were you even born? You need to do some serious fact-checking there. The father figure I never had. Being shown some human kindness from someone made me see it that underneath it all, people are basically good and made me want to give up my decadent criminal ways. Then you killed him, you f***ing asshole. F*** you. Ah, how I joke with Percy. You have a lousy day too. Did you see that? That was bonding. That's how you do it, Bogworth. No, master. Wow, a cranberry orange or orange cranberry muffin, something like that. See, Bogworth? They like me so much, they toss all their extra food my way. Not at all, sir. Look, someone gave me the soup. Attention, prisoners. Attention, prisoners. Ha 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 ha! look at the only prisoners paying attention. They're like lost puppies that I must guide. Attention, Henderson. <laughs> look at, look at Walt Henderson over there. He's all Attention, like- Attention, Chop Henderson. Oh, well, you may address me. Please remain in your seats after the dinner. You will now be addressed by your new warden, who will under no circumstances be murdered by any of you. He's talking to you, Henderson. Sit down. Please remain silent while you are addressed by your new warden, Crispin P. Shakeshaft. I can't think of... I can start... <laughs> something, you're dead. You bother me, you're dead. You get your cell, you get bread, you get water, you get air. You ask for more, you get dead. You die, you get deader. I see the way the last warden handled this place. 
One that didn't care. One that thought it was like Candyland with a molasses swamp. Well, I think you ought to know. I hate prisoners. That's why I'm a warden. You give me a reason to screw you over, and you've made my day. But you're still dead. Any questions? Yes, sir. I was wondering. Gods! Ah! Any other questions? Close that window. Any more questions? You, stop looking at me funny. You got a lazy eye? Dead! Any more questions? Enjoy the rest of your last decent meal ever. Days pass with the speed of the Earth spinning on its axis. You, I don't like your face. You, your shoe's untied. You, you got bloodstains on your shirt. Man, Bodworth, this new warden sure knows from killing people. Indeed, sir. Hopefully he can give the prisoners some lessons. It seems like every one of them has failed to kill me at least twice this week. This must be why he kills them before they can succeed. It's such a burden to be this brilliant, Bogworth. So you imply, sir. But I must say, I like this new warden. He has style, flair, and endless supply of bullets. If you ever cut a jib, I bet I'd like it. You, with a jib. You know, we should have him over for tea. No, master. Ah, Bogworth, so insolent. To think of the hiding I would give you if the warden wouldn't kill me for it. Sound policy, sir. And so with the sense of Helen Keller, Chop Henderson invited the warden to tea. Well, 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 well. If it isn't the famous warden-killing dynamo, Chop Henderson. Uh, uh, then what? What? Oh, well, we needn't consider the contingency, for it is I, the famous warden-killing dynamo, Chop Henderson. Would you like some tea? You've forbidden the tea, but, um, I brewed some sand and water. Are you high? And stupid? No! To both! And what's with this? This porcelain? You're keeping porcelain in my prison? You'll find it's my prison, civil servant. Even if Henderson tax dollars hadn't funded its construction, my status as top dog is unrivaled. You're even crazier than I heard, and I heard you're pretty crazy. Crazy like a fox! Crazy like a guy who thinks he's a fox. What I just said! Sweet f**k, this is ridiculous. Well, it's good to see that you and I are on the same page here. We have so much in common. Me? And you? Alike! Yeah, you see it too, huh? It's like looking in an ugly mirror. Listen, you sack of crap. There's two kinds of people in this world. Me, and everyone who isn't you. Because by the time I'm done with you, there won't be enough of you left to count for- Bogworth, the punching stopped. Aneurysm, sir. Oh, 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 what a pity. We were getting along so well. Hey, Henderson's got the warden down. Not to touch him! Henderson killed the new warden with his mind. And so in defiance of all reason, Chop Henderson seems to have achieved the power and recognition he has sought for so long. How perfectly ironic. And like iron, you hopefully will restrain yourselves until the next inconceivable episode of Chop Henderson, Incarcerated.
In that episode of Chop Henderson Incarcerated, Ralph was Charles Berman, Chop was Pete Bowers, Bogworth was Bailiff Quimby, PA announcer was Mickey Weishner, Warden Crispin P. Shakeshaft was Daniel Schwartz, Percy was Bailiff Quimby, and Prisoner was Charles Berman. Hello, my name is Roy Sinjin, and this is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Back on August 27th, 1979, Lord Louis Mountbatten is killed when Irish Republican Army, IRA, terrorists detonate a 50-pound bomb hidden on his fishing vessel, Shadow 5. Mountbatten, a war hero, was spending the day with his family in Donegal Bay off Ireland's northwest coast when the bomb exploded. Boy, what a catch. We finally caught the endangered potato shark. I hear that's even rarer than the beaver shark. I hear it's really good baked with uh, sour cream and butter. You think a coleslaw shark would accompany that well? Maybe, maybe. Please do not slay me. I will grant you three wishes. Oh, shut up. Curse you. I hate talking sharks. Anyway, are we going to grill this puppy up or what? No, we're going to bake it. All right, then let's get out some cooking supplies and stuff. Hey, guys, I found this um ticking device you know, behind the grill. Oh, that's a timer. Oh, what are we timing? How long to cook the food? Uh, uh, we haven't started cooking it. There's there's a there's a note here it says uh, IRA wants its its potato fish back so they don't have another famine. Well, that's too bad. This is my potato shark. I'm eating it. Boom. Wow! If only they hadn't killed that shark, they could have wished to not be killed. Avenged! And the potato shark was avenged. Sadly, it was the last one ever, and they don't exist anymore. Which gets right to the heart of the matter, which is that you shouldn't kill endangered animals, whether they tell you they're endangered or not, um, because it's not very nice for the animals. Or the endangeredness. Yes, this is the Stay in History on WHRW Binghamton. Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Roy Sinjin. On September 3rd, 1935, a new land speed record is set by Britain's famed speed demon, Sir Malcolm Campbell. On the Bonville Salt Flats in Utah, Campbell and his 2,500 horsepower motor car, Bluebird, made two runs over a one-mile course at speeds averaging 301.129 miles per hour. Crikey! This is a terrible impersonation of a British person, but what's even more offensive is the huge mess I'm leaving in my wake after breaking the land speed barrier twice! I think I'll walk down the street here in Utah. Hope I don't fall in any holes. Zoom! I'm going too fast to care! Wow. First of all, it's really weird that Sir Malcolm would create a bottomless pit with all of his driving. Second of all, it's kind of unpleasant that he didn't clean up the mess he'd made. I have no choice but to set a new air speed record and stop him by flying. Whoosh! You'll never catch me! I beg your pardon, Sir Malcolm. You have left quite a mess. You should clean it up. No! Darn it! <laughs> I'm sure you were all wondering where that giant hole came from in Utah. Now you know. It's all because Malcolm Campbell did not clean up his own mess. Make sure in your life, when you make a mess of some area, you clean it up out of respect for the person who's going to use it after you. It could save your life, even though it didn't kill him. That's fine, though. This is This Day in History on WHIW Binghamton. Hello and welcome to This Day in History. My name's Roy Sinjin and this is WHRW Binghamton. On September 10th, 1977, at Beaumet Prison in Marseille, France, Hamida Jandoubi, a Tunisian immigrant convicted of murder, becomes the last person executed by the guillotine. Hey, Marcel, have you not cleaned the guillotine before we execute this man? Don't think I did. Well, look at this. The guillotine has uh, tat B blood on it at the moment. Tat B, you say? Whose blood is that? It was the last man we killed. Uh, Francois, you remember, he was type B. Yes. What type of blood does the next man have? I don't know, but if it's a different type, we could infect him with something as we execute him. We don't want his blood acting weird. I know. I mean, to be dead is one thing, but to be dead and diseased is something I will wish on no man. It's very cruel and unusual, you might say. Hey, Jean Duby, come here. 
Yes. What is your blood type? It is type AB. AB? No, it could be O. You don't know your own blood type? Well, in in this part of the world, that is an offense punishable by death. Guillotine him. Wait, no. It may cause infection. Ha, that's still death because you've been had your head chopped off of your body. Guillotine. Ah! Rest in peace without the knowledge of your own blood type, which has caused you to die. I think you mean rest in pieces. Ha ha! He's infected and dead! And the Frenchman had a mighty French laugh at that, as they did find it quite funny. Yes, in fact, you should always make sure that you are familiar with your medical information. It could save your life, um, because you could tell it to a doctor in an emergency. Not usually the guillotine thing, that's an unusual situation, and they don't use it anymore anyway, so that's fine. This is This Day in History. <clears throat> Pardon me, I'm a little sick. On WHRW Binged. Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On September 17, 1979, NASA publicly unveiled its first space shuttle, the Enterprise, during a ceremony in Palmdale, California. Development of the aircraft-like spacecraft cost almost $10 billion and took nearly a decade. Let's listen. But I'm telling you that this is the greatest of all things made. Spaceship-wise. Excuse me, Mr., um, I mean, Captain Shatner? Yes, what is it, man? Yes, I'm from the NASA Bureau of Cholesterol, and it seems that you've reached above 200. I'm afraid we're going to have to scrap you and the ship that you pilot. This cannot be happening. I'm great. I'm Captain. No, Captain, it would be most illogical for you to continue into space in your current state. Call 911 tonight on the program. A duck with an arrow through its neck. Obviously, delirium is set in. It's the cholesterol. Pull him. Unfortunately, uh, while the Enterprise was being debuted, William Shatner was, in fact, retired. He now resides in a warehouse down in Cape Canaveral. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But let me head you off before we go too fast. My name's Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And that story reminds me of a completely unrelated alternate universe. Technology advanced at a much faster rate than it did in ours, and rather than being a terrorist organization, the IRA was, in fact, the most productive space program in the entire world. Yes, and it was back in 1979 that they were going to set the record for the fastest space travel of all time. Unfortunately, they knew that the vehicle that would be setting this record would explode as soon as it hit the top speed, so they had no choice but to man the vessel with people from death row. Yes, people were sentenced to death flying the IRA's top-secret, amazing space shuttle, which was going to break a record. But the problem with using death row convicts was that they had very little sense of responsibility. They, they knew they were not going to suffer any consequences for their actions because they were already going to be killed. So while they had been in the space shuttle for a while, preparing for the actual time when they would set the record, they were quite a slovenly bunch and they didn't clean up after themselves. Again, they said, why bother cleaning up after ourselves? The spaceship's just going to blow up afterwards anyway. So it was in this filthy, disgusting cockpit that they set their course and got ready to push the button that would propel them at the top speed. But the dirtiness of the cockpit did get in the way of the program because a little bit of smudge got on the readout and they didn't realize they were actually typing in an 8 when they were trying to type in a 9. It changed the entire trajectory of the course. And rather than zooming through a completely clear path as they were planning to do, they went straight into the heart of a space squid. A space squid, as you know, being the most endangered of space species but they splattered right through the thing, killing one of the only two remaining space squids. Therefore, there was only one left and they were not going to be able to breed and there was never going to be any more space squid ever again. As you can imagine, this did not do wonders for the actual rocket. It was quite a damaging blow, smashing through the heart of a space squid, but it did slow the rocket just enough that even though they did set the record, it didn't blow up in quite as spectacular a fashion as they thought it was going to, and as a result, one of the space convicts lived, even though it was supposed to die. So, they had no choice. The IRA said, well, uh, you know, that was your sentence to be on this thing, but, you know, you didn't die, so 
you know, we consider you lucky and we'll say on your way. Unfortunately for that convict, he did not know his medical information, thinking as lazily as he did that he was on death row and therefore didn't need to see a doctor. And he hadn't been checked for bad cholesterol all that time. And so the day after they released him, the very day after, he died of high cholesterol. So make sure that when you go about your life, whether you're a convict or not, you clean up after yourself, you be careful not to kill endangered species, you pay attention to your medical information, and you check your cholesterol. These could save your life, all four of them. Seriously. My name is Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Gaston Wax. Slam Jackson! Adventurist! Season 3, Episode 2, The Doppelganger Debacle! By Daniel Schwartz, Charles Berman, Daniel Schwartz, Charles Berman, Peter Bowers, and Daniel Schwartz. Our story opens, numerous acquaintances, with private citizen and famed Slam Jackson impersonator, Jer Coonrot. Uh, hey? Leaving work at his eminently satisfactory place of employment to do me a real solid. No problem. You okay? Wow. I'm sorry. I, I hadn't expected you to be so handsome. Thank you? Anyway, thanks again for agreeing to fill in. Anytime. Is Slam okay? Oh, that cowering crybaby of courage is just sleeping off this whole house and office burning down thing. Probably. But that doesn't matter. What matters is that he has exploits for me to chronicle. And for Slam Jackson adventures to happen, I need a Slam Jackson. And in the absence of a Slam Jackson, I need you. Well, look, I can't do this for very long. But, Jeremy, think of your duty, not only to me personally, but to narrative itself. What you do in the hours between now and when Torchwood comes on will be the stuff of myth, even legend. Everyone will notice you, and notice me noticing you by extension. Okay, sure, that's fine. I was thinking of getting some dinner. Uh, where would Slam Jackson eat? His favorite barbecue place is right down the street, right this way. Cool, I like that place. Does he go for collard greens? Honestly, he's more of a baked beans kind of guy. <laughs> Fine by me. The beans are great, too. Frankly, I feel they could do with a little less molasses. Look, we can nitpick all we like, but they're really some damn good baked beans. Agreed. Let us away! Uh, excuse me, sir? Suffering succotash! No sooner have we reached the halfway mark than our Earthsat's errant encounters his very first arch nemesis! What do I do? Confront her blithely! Seem cool and aloof to her intentions. Uh, oh, okay. So, uh, what can I do for you? I was looking for the game shop, but I think I'm lost. Oh, well, you just go down the street, then make a left Ahem! at- What's up? I cannot help but notice, my masquerading muchacho, that you are failing to resist the nefarious interloper's diabolical plan! Look, she just asked for directions. Besides, anyone looking for a game shop is okay in my book. Oh, so you're a fan of games. Oh, you know, Settlers of Catan, Iron Dragon. How about Arkham Horror? Never tried it. All those little pieces, it's a little intimidating. You pick it up really fast. Wow, it's so cool to meet a gamer who's so handsome. Oh my god, I can't believe I said that. I'm so sorry. For what? I'm skeptical, but I'm flattered. I'm Sophie. Jer, it's a pleasure. Whoa there, Studley Standin! You are absolutely not supposed to be friendly with this nemesis! What's this guy talking about? Oh, this guy, he narrates for Slam Jackson. 
Wow, really? Cool. Not cool! Necessary from a story perspective! I'm standing in as a favor. Wow, that is so cool. Yeah, listen, is it okay if we call it quits for tonight? I'll show Sophie to the game shop maybe Monday night. Gah, that's movie night with Annie! Oh, sorry. Look, we'll still keep in touch, okay? Nice meeting you. Ah, you too! God damn it! Now what? Now what indeed? Can I persuade Slam Jackson to come out of his seclusion? Will Jer hit it off with Sophie? What kind of game is Iron Dragon? Return your seatbacks to the upright position in preparation of the next episode of Slam Jackson! Adventurist! In that episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Jer Coonrat was Jer Coonrat, and Sophie was Angela Schwartz. Thank you very much, Rory, and let me just say that all of the games they mentioned are actually good games, and I like to play them. Hey, isn't that cool? Yes, it is. Okay, let's get to the rest of the votes that we have for this, uh, what is it called? Recast in Wax. Uh, this first one is from a regular uh, writer, Dear Rory. I wanted to write in to vote for Rory Stories as the new show on Cast and Wax. Any series that promotes the most important thing in the universe, which is to say extra history, automatically gets my vote for the series. And I must say, you did a very good, almost perfect job of reading the extra historical waves to produce the story you read on the program. I have some extraordinarily good extra historical news to bring you, future professor of mine, Sinjin. In my new post as National Extra Historical Affairs Director of the Republic of Kosovo, I have had the opportunity to assist extra historically in the current rather violent border conflict between Serbia and the Republic of Kosovo. Among the poor refugees I have recruited, dozens and dozens who are interested no longer in killing Serbians, but rather in practicing the most noble calling that exists on our tiny planet, swimming in a metaphorical sea of other other similar but alternate planets, that of extra history. I will not be able to cross the ocean till I have finished some official extra historical business in Barcelona, but I have sent the refugees on ahead to the Institute. As poor refugees, they have no money for housing and will need financial aid to be able to attend, but I'm sure you will be able to assist with this. Your friend, C. Jean-Baptiste Sansaraf. So that is uh, one vote for Rory, which brings him to 1.5 votes. Um, comparing him, to, of course, to Frank's 14.5 votes and Scape's 3 votes. So, uh, Rory, you got a, a full vote, finally. Uh, well, yes, oh, sure, but that's not as important as... I'm sorry, Jean-Baptiste, you, uh, you are sending uh, Kosovo refugees to my institute? I mean, of course, I want students, but I want them to be paying students. I, I, I mean, for all I know, these refugees don't know anything about extra history. I can't just give financial aid to all applying students just because they don't have money. They have to show discipline. Uh, that's why I have a, an application process. You know, you should have them go on the website if they have computers, and if they don't, let them use yours, please. You know, you can't just send them. I mean, how am I supposed to? I don't. How am I, I don't. I, I, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with this. Well, I think he. I mean, he wants you to give them tuition money. So. Yeah, but yes, but I can't. Do, I can't afford that. So. We have a very specific program for giving financial aid to students, and it involves applying. It doesn't involve showing up at the door with no money. You know, it, it involves doing extra historical research, uh, or at least doing a survey about it. Look, the point is, th this is not how things are done, John Baptiste. This is not how things are done. You can't just send Kosovoian refugees, whatever the word is. I don't know what the word is for that. But that's not how it works. But he's trying to get you students. I want paying students. I want paying students who pay the fees that pay my salary. 
I didn't want students who take my salary away from me because they didn't have any money. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you saying they're thieves just because they're from yeah, a I'm not calling them. I'm talking about because of the financial aid. I'm not, I don't mean they're actually going to, you know, pick my pockets. Well, good, because that would be really... Yeah, that's not what I said, so it doesn't matter. Fine, fine, fine. All right, well, you got to vote, so... Wonderful, thank you for the vote. Jean-Baptiste, thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm sure he thinks you're welcome. Anyway, uh, let's see. What else do we have? Oh, here's here's one from a... A friend of the show. Dear Jordan, Principality, I wanted to depress my opinion on the boat that you're having for new shows. Of course, as the multiple deflatiator, I have to vote for the scrape deflate since that gives me the most prances to replay my spills. Speeding of which, I want to slay that I'm exceedingly stratified that Lord Vest incepted my multimatum and is ready to deflate. Now, where is he? Who organizes this prevent? I'm ready to go at a moment's novice. President Byron Samuels. Uh, so let's see. That's a that's a vote for Scape. Uh, so that puts him up to four votes. And uh, thank you for for voting, Mr. Samuels, uh, President Samuels. Um, as for who organizes that, I would imagine Frank would do that because it's a it's a de- debatatorium event. Yes, of course I will. Yes, I will. Don't worry about it, President Samuels. I will organize that uh, myself. You and and Lord Zest will debate, and I will uh, I will get experts. I will get I will get this whole thing set up, and we will have. Our, I mean, I don't know exactly when. We have to finish this stupid recast and wax first. Oh, calling it stupid. Well, no, it's not stupid. I just mean I want to do debatatorium. Okay. Uh, I want to win this, so thank you. I'm still in the lead, right? Yes, yes. 4 to 14.5 to 1.5. I still say it's unfair. Well, I don't see... Okay, I don't see how that would help. Anyway, uh, thank you, President Samuels. What else we got? Here's another vote. Dear Mr. White, I was very confused by your last message where you said that you liked the United States so much. This simply doesn't make any sense to me. The United States is full of capitalists, rich oligarchs who take cruel advantage of the vast and listless underclass who are too distracted by race for material goods imposed on them by a large and deceptive system of social conditioning media outlets to realize their oppression. Its politics are crippled by the slavish devotion to the backwards demands of a dangerous and wrong-headed Christian right wing. Its foreign policy has been responsible for thousands and thousands of deaths over just the last few years. What exactly is there to like about the United States other than the fact that by some accident of fate you happen to have had the misfortune? to have been born there. Also, I would like to vote for Scape Debate because I love cats. Raul Castro, President of the Republic of Cuba. Thank you for that, uh, Raul. Let's see, that's another vote for Scape. That brings him up to five. Um, wh- why do I love America? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I don't know. It gives me the it gives me the opportunity to have a place where I can hate what happens here and talk about it and be okay. Because I don't know if, if, now let me ask you this, Raul. If I was in Cuba and I decided that communism was bad and that capitalism was good, now I don't think I would ever decide that. But let's say I did decide that. Uh, would I be able to talk about it on my podcast? Would I be able to do a podcast going, ah, oh, communism sucks. Capitalism is the way. Or would you, would you shoot me? That's just a question I have for you. All right. Um, let's move on to the next vote. Oh, wait, Skate, do you want to say anything about that? Because you, you just got another vote. Yeah, I want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for your votes. I really appreciate them. I wish I could get way more, though, because right now I have a lot of votes, but not enough of a lot of votes. So, yeah, as many votes as you can get, okay? Thank you very much. Good, good. Uh, Well, here's another one. Uh, Hey, Jordan, still love the show, even if you hate me. I'm sorry for whatever I might have done to you. I didn't even know you, so I hope you don't bear a grudge. Anyway, I want to vote for Frank Advice, since Frank is great. A big fan, Glenn Beck. That's one more vote for Frank. That puts him up to 15.5. And next, we've got a vote from... Oh, uh, another friend of a show. Uh, Actually, it starts out as not a vote, but it becomes a vote. Uh, dear Rory, uh, this is from your lawyer, Matt Roma. 
Uh, Dear Rory, thanks for your honesty. As evidence, we're going to need the proof of receipt of the thousands of dollars from the cactus guy. Do you have a bank statement or something that could show that? Thanks, Matt Roma, lawyer. P.S. I want to throw in 70 billion votes for the scape debate just to throw the vote. So let's see, 70 billion for scape. Whoa, 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 that is totally unfair. How is that unfair? It doesn't seem unfair at all. It it is totally unfair because I I thought, I mean, all of a sudden 70 billion votes. Yeah, and I said people could send in as many as, I mean, that's why you have a whole 15.5 because people were sending multiple votes. People voted for you multiple times in one email. Yeah, but 70 billion? I said as many as they want. That's a number. It's a real number. 70 billion. So now Scape has 70 billion and five. Frank has 15.5 and Rory has uh, 1.5. I don't have much of a chance of this, do I? No, you've got plenty. Listen, things can change in a minute. Um, but Rory, you, there's a, you know, your lawyer. Oh, right. Listen, do I have a bank statement? I, you know, I don't, I don't keep my bank statements. All I know is there's lots of money in the bank with my name on it. I mean, why do I have to keep a statement? That's a good question. And I actually don't understand how, uh, proof of receipt of the thousand dollars is actually going to help you at all. It seems like that would help the other guy. Wait, is this my lawyer? Is this his brother? Uh, ooh, I, Ooh, how can you, what's the difference? Well, one has a hue and one does not have a hue. Matthew, you see. Right, but which one is which? Ooh. Ah, hmm. That's a good question. The card he gave me just says M. Roma, so. Ah, uh, hmm. I don't, I don't know the answer then. Um, well, at any rate, uh, that he threw in, uh, 70 billion for, uh, Scape. Let's see what we've got. The next email. Oh, uh, similar email. Uh, Dear Jordan, I want to throw in 70 billion votes for Rory Stories just to throw the vote. Matthew Roma. No, okay, again, I say this is completely unfair. How am I supposed to compete when people are throwing in 70 billion votes in one email? Your fans could have done the exact same thing. So now, uh, let's see, Scape is winning with 70 billion five votes, and Rory is winning as uh, second place with 70 billion 1.5 votes, and Frank, of course, still uh, 15.5, so he's trailing behind at this point. This is completely out of the question unfair. Oh, I, that seems a little crazy. Here's, here's another uh, email. Dear Jordan, I really like your show and I have listened to almost every episode, but there is something I wonder. There's almost no episodes about clowns and circuses, Egyptian mummies, shoe manufacture, or yo-yos. Why is this? By the way, I vote for Frank Advice. Love, Cecily Woodkevich. Uh, P.S. Thank you for the recent episode you played about syrup. You're welcome, Cecily. Uh, I, I didn't write the episode about syrup, but that's good to know. See, Frank, you're still getting votes. So that brings you up to 16.5. I mean, how... Okay, if you're listening to this, obviously, if you like me, vote for uh, for me in the billions or trillions. I mean, come on. Like, this is crazy talk. It's not crazy. This is how we set it up. Um, Here we go. Uh, Dear Cast and Wax, the main ads and I have been trying to get in for about a week to have sex with you all. The door is always locked. I said, do not resist. What the hell? Weren't you even listening? And I vote for Rory Stories, Roger Gomes. Uh, so that's another vote for Rory. That puts him to 70 billion two. Point five votes. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to get down with a main ad, sir. So, um, what can I say? Thank you for the offer, though. And uh, let's see. Do we have? Two, what do we have? Two more votes. I believe we do. Uh, dear Jordan, I want to put in my vote for escape debate. I think it will be a big success. And I actually have already been contacted by a big rock producer who wants to have an episode recorded live before a huge audience in a big rock stadium. Would that be okay with Scape? We can do it whenever he is ready to head over. Marcel Silvers. Well, Marcel, uh, I mean, only if it wins. If it doesn't win, we're not going to do that. I, I, I will have to forbid it. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but that brings Scape up to 70 billion six votes, uh, which is pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm still in the lead, right? Oh, yeah, that's still in the lead. So if you do win, no problem, Marcel. Maybe we can work that out. I mean, you don't, I, you don't have to drive him, though. I've got a car, so it's not a problem. Uh, let's see. We got, I think we have one more vote 
Uh, yeah, we got one more email with votes. Uh, hello, hosts of Cast and Wax. It is my profound pleasure to send you my vote for my favorite recast in Wax show, and the winner is Rory's Stories from Another World. So that's one vote from me. However, and as an expert on these matters, Rory can confirm this as correct, I believe that there is another world in which everyone who is alive today is a fan of Rory's Stories from Another World, and they also want to vote for his show. So if I'm not mistaken, that should bring our tally up to about 7.04 billion and one votes for Rory. Um, but let's not stop there because I think there also may be a world, and in fact, I believe I may have just discovered it, where not only all people living, but everyone who has ever been born has voted for Rory Stories from Another World. In that case, it is necessary to add 107,602,707,791 to that number, giving us a total of at least 114,642,707,791 votes. Therefore, with so many supporters, I hope we get to hear more of Rory's stories from another world. I particularly enjoyed hearing his telling of Moby Dick in a world without tooth decay, even though I can tell Harry Wilson was somewhat disturbed by it. I believe that we will only be further enriched by learning tales from other universes. God save Waxworks. Sincerely, Steve. So, oh gee whiz, that brings Rory's current total to 184,642,707,793.5 votes, uh, which gives him a, a hearty lead over Scape's 70 billion six votes and uh, over Frank's 16.5 votes. I, I, uh, yeah, yes, we know, we know. Uh, so that is all the votes we have in for Cast in Wax, or rather for Recast in Wax. Please send in your votes to castinwax at gmail.com. That is castinwax at gmail.com. We do have a couple other emails I do want to read very quickly before we go because they are not regarding recasting wax, but they are regarding the uh, the show in general. Um, however, I do want to have my hosts, uh, my co-hosts, I should say, help me out and uh, and read these with me. So, Frank, could you please read this one for me? Well, I mean, I guess, although apparently people don't even want me doing anything on the show. Frank, just, uh, we want you doing something. We want you reading this. Fine. Dear Jordan D. White and cast of Cast and Wax, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I discovered it through some of your ukulele covers on Twitter and immediately set out to listen to each episode, a goal I achieved very quickly. It has inspired me to make my own podcast, as it seems like a wonderful and fun creative project. I'm terrible at socializing, however, and the only person I have any sort of close relationship with around here is my friend Roger. A show with two hosts seems sort of boring, so I posed it that perhaps I should just imitate multiple voices on my podcast, almost like characters. Roger thought this was stupid and made fun of me. It wasn't very nice. I never made fun of him, even though he has only one testicle. But I suppose he is right. The idea of one person making multiple voices in order to perpetuate the idea of there being several people is kind of silly, and would be almost impossible to pull off convincingly. Do you have any ideas on how I could get more hosts? I suggested Craigslist, but Roger made fun of me once again. Perhaps... He could be my Frank Allen character. I swear he makes me so angry, sometimes I just want to kick him in the nads. Actually, since he has only one, I guess it would be kick him in the nad. Good point. Roger has been completely unhelpful in this endeavor, so I turn to you, the experts. How can I get more hosts and make my podcast the best podcast it could possibly be? Looking forward to the next show, and keep it up. Stefano A. Derzanowitz. Stefano, uh, Craigslist is, I mean, certainly one way to do it, but, um, gosh, I would say, uh... You know, why not hook up with, with some other people who, who are also fans of podcasts who don't have friends over the internet? You know, uh, uh, I don't know. In fact, if anybody has 
the desire to be on a podcast with Stefano, please write into us at castandwax at gmail.com. We'll hook you up with Stefano. You guys can do like a Skype thing. You know, we, we already have one fan podcast uh, uh, called A Cast of Wax, but we'd be happy to have uh, another one uh, started by people who are fans of our podcast. So please uh, write into us at castandwax at gmail.com if you want to help Stefano out. Uh, Rory, can you read this next one for us? Yes, of course. No problem. Dear Scape White, it's me, Mr. Wolf. I really want Scape White to hear this. Wah. Did you know I say wah at the end of my words? I just like saying wah. And I like your cat voice. It's really funny. Funny, 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 funny wah. Please, do that roller do 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 song wah. I love you. Bye. Love, Mr. Wolf. Okay. Well, I, have a, I have a whole lot of questions about this, okay? A whole lot of them. Uh, well, Escape, okay, well, what, what, why is this email so confusing to you? Okay, I've just got a whole lot of questions, okay? Now, question number one. What is wah? Well, he just likes saying wah. It's like a thing. It's like when you go like, I don't know. Is there a thing that you always say? No. I say words. That may make sense. I don't go wah. Well, some people do. It's like a speech impediment. Oh, okay. If it's a speech impediment, I'm sorry. I don't I don't want to make fun of a speech impediment. Right. You know all about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. In that case, I respect you for your saying of wah, whatever that means. Okay. Uh, was, you had other questions? Yeah, of course I do. Okay. Why, why do you say I'm funny? Why is it so funny about me? I don't think I'm funny. I think I'm, I mean, sometimes if I tell a joke, then I'm funny. Like, if I'm like, hey, do you want to hear a joke? Dad, do you want to hear a joke? Uh, yes, I guess. We got time for, is it a quick joke? Yeah, yeah sure. Okay, uh, let's hear it. Okay. How many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> Uh, how many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? How many, Scape? I don't know the answer. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Just tell me what the answer is. Uh, one. I, I, I think you forgot part of the punchline there. What do you mean? That was, it was a joke, but you've, you said one, but there's, I, I actually do know that joke and there is a little f- more to it than that. Yeah, so you knew the answer. Why didn't you answer it then? Well, because you were telling, I didn't want to ruin your joke. You were trying to tell a joke. Yeah, but. Okay, well, then you failed, first of all, you failed the quiz, and second of all, the answer was one, so that's the answer. Right, but there's a, and then there's a second part, there's one, but... No, but, wait, you don't have a but in a math question. Right, but this isn't a math question, this is a joke. <laughs> Dad, you don't understand. I understand jokes, you don't understand jokes, but, okay, Escape, you said you have another question or what? Yeah, I have another question, not a joke, but a real question. When you say Mr. Wolf, uh... Now, I will point out that woof is the sound that dogs make. Yeah. Is that, does that mean this is a dog? Yes, Gabe, you, we, we've, we've talked about him before. Okay, well then I don't like you, Mr. Woof. You're a dog, I'm a cat. We can never be friends. You are an arch enemy of the state. Of the state of scape? Okay, enemy of the scape. How about that? That sounds better, I think. Yeah, that actually does sound better, but, okay, well... <laughs> People write into you as a fan and you're insulting them. Because you shouldn't be a fan of mine. I only want fans who are not dogs and not other cats. Okay? Like, if I had a a fan who was a mouse, I'd be like, hey, you're a good fan. Why don't you come by? We can hang out a little bit. Or if there was a fan that was a chicken, that would be a really good fan. Okay, Scape. All right. Uh, We have one more letter and it ties in. With the, uh, the, uh, the, the ending song that we're going to be playing today. So, Roy, can you read this one for us? Another, all oh, right, fine. Hi, Jordan. Shortly after I discovered your podcast, I decided to go back through the archives and listen to all the episodes I had missed. It was during this time that I discovered your call for submissions of karaoke versions of Waxwork Theme F in episode 113. In the beginning of the episode, you supplied the backing, music, and vocals. I listened to subsequent podcast episodes waiting to hear which submission would win the contest, but alas, it never came. 
when I asked you on Twitter if you had received any submissions to my horror, you said you hadn't. I could not believe this. Not even one. How could this be? Surely there were listeners who had a microphone and some semblance of singing ability. You had even given us the track already. Well, I used to do some recreational singing. I thought to myself, how hard could it be? All I needed to do was sing and record it, or so I thought. Fast forward to this Sunday as I sit at my computer, head hung in shame. Despite my numerous attempts during the past several weeks to produce a satisfactory recording of myself singing your deceptively complex song, I remain unsatisfied. So many sleepless nights spent shivering alone, with tears of disappointment at my lack of talent and ability, my only companion. Okay, maybe I'm getting a bit melodramatic, but the point is... I'm sending this to you anyway because I said I would. I wish it was better. But this is the best I could do. I decided to use a bit of the old auto-tuninsky. Yes, that wonderful auditory equivalent of Instagram filters. Anyhow, I hope you enjoy listening to it. Perhaps it will give you a good laugh. At least I will know I have done my duty to the best of my abilities as a wax officer. I remain Remix Overdrive, a.k.a. Steve. Thank you very much, Steve. And yes, this is the very first entry into it 113 episodes in i ask for this and 139 episodes in i actually get one entry you guys out there are kind of uh dropping the ball but steve's picking the ball up for you because he actually did send this in and i'm gonna play this uh as we go out don't forget to keep listening afterwards because there's more um but what was that what was that nothing nothing don't worry about it yes let's listen to this submission by steve and hey it's not too late you guys you can all you know do this this karaoke thing I will say, in in my apology to Steve, uh, because he's saying he worked so hard on it, I I do like the tempo goes up by a lot after the first chorus. It all of a sudden just starts going so fast. So thank you for for giving it such a such a, a wonderful attempt. I think this is a lot of fun. Everybody, hopefully you will enjoy it, and I will be seeing you.
wonder the reasons to read waxwork.com. That's what I was talking about. I just remembered, it just hit me. Oh, there are 51 different reasons to read waxwork.com. But I forgot it right now. Goddamn it, Hey, everybody. Okay, so here's the deal. First of all, don't forget to write into castandwax at gmail.com and vote for your favorite entry of Recast and Wax. It is very important to me. Castandwax at gmail.com. But this is one of the secret Cast and Wax recordings. It's kind of a, a look behind the curtain a little bit. It's a behind-the-scenes glimpse. Uh, when I was recording over Skype with Charles Berman, uh, and the, the, uh, the tape just kept running as we discussed part of the show that we weren't currently recording at that time. You may recall earlier in the episode they mentioned the the situation with Rory and the cactus sale that he is getting in some trouble with. Well, this was discussing that. I had just gotten an email in uh, about it, and so it picks up from me uh, looking at that email for the first time. And it starts with me and Charles discussing that, but then uh, Scape gets involved and it becomes something far more surreal. So hopefully you'll enjoy this. My cacti has arrived. They're small and dead. They're clearly not worth even close to a thousand dollars. What? What's he basing that on? <laughs> Probably his own values of of cacti. I think he will find they were literally worth a thousand dollars. Well, no, I think he didn't mean to pay that much, and Rory t- <laughs> took thousand dollars from his account. <laughs> But everything gains value by what people are willing to pay for it. I don't think he was actually paying a thousand dollars for that. I think he wanted it. Then Rory took a thousand of his dollar. I don't understand the difference. Okay, so let's say <laughs> I go up to you and say, Jordan, can I have that jacket? And I say no. And I say, but what if I give you twenty dollars? And I say no. Okay, but what if he said yes? Okay, and I say yes. And I say okay. Let for a jacket? Come on. Well, it's a really crappy jacket. Right. I said, okay, I said, what if I give you $100? You're getting somewhere. <laughs> what if I give you 150 Okay, all right. All right. So I'm getting out $150, and I'm going to give it to you, and then you see my wallet, and you take $1,000 out of it. Okay. <laughs> so I don't think I paid $150 for the jacket. I don't think no. I paid $1,000 for the jacket. I was going to pay 150 and then you stole $850 <laughs> from paid- my wallet. 150 for the jacket. And then you stole and, $850. And, and you paid 850 for the service no. of wallet lightning. No, somebody stole 850 of my yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're like if you make a living going around with like a, a knife and saying give me your money, yeah. And then you get on average a couple hundred bucks. Uh-huh. Then you provide a service that is worth on average a couple hundred bucks. No, that's not a service. That's a crime. That's what people are willing to pay no, for your service. Of they're not willing to pay anything because they, they are unwilling to pay, but you made them with a knife. You made them willing. All right, but that's very special circumstances. They, they're not actually willing to give you money because they're afraid for their life that you might no kill them. No one can do anything they're not willing to. I think that when people say willing, they normally mean willing without being threatened. Oh. But see, is that true? Because if, if, if I was like, Charles, I'll sell you something and you're like, okay, I'll give you money for it. Really, you're only giving me money because you know that I'll be like, you stole this thing from me if you don't give me money. <laughs> no, but okay, what if I, you you're say afraid. it's $150 and I say, okay, here's my bank account information. Take out $150. Okay. But then instead you take out $1,000. Okay. I wasn't agreeing at all to give you $1,000. Okay. You just took more money than I said. So that's just just stealing. But you gave me permission. No, I gave you to take out of $150. Your... But what if I took more? That You didn't have permission for that. It's against What are you the... going to do about it? Call the cops. And won't they be like, why'd you give him your number? So to buy the jacket. Oh. 
Oh, okay. All of that sounds pretty logical, but what if what if I said, do you want to buy my jacket? And you were like, yeah. And I was like, all right, pay for it. And you were like, well, here's my account number. Just charge what you think it's worth. Well, I wouldn't do that. Then you could charge anything. Yeah, like $1,000. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened. No, you... Well, kind of, yes. Yeah, he didn't agree on a price. <laughs> That's true. But also, I I think there's another element here that um, your your podcast doesn't actually sell cacti normally. No, not at all. Not ever. <laughs> One time in the history of I think that the podcast he, has it happened. He must have been confused about you know what you did and thought that he was buying cacti from somewhere else. That was stupid. Wow, what, I, like I, I, cactus I, I, wax. Gmail.com. Let me try cactus <laughs> What are you going to look for? <laughs> Search for the email address? It's not going to come up. I'm just searching for cactus wax. Well, there's a band called Wax Cactus. Oh, hold on. There's a question of how to remove cactus wax instantly. You can buy a cactus wax seal stamp. Cactuswax at gmail.com. Does it exist? No, not that I can see. Are you going to sign up apparently a website called cactuswax.net. Do they sell cacti? Uh, probably not. Who, who made something up called cactuswax.net? You of San Mateo, California. Used oh, to you, own cactus you did it. Who is? Yep. To be fair, I don't know. I don't think cactus wax is really that close to cactus. <laughs> Not really. Cactus wax. Cactus wax is. Weird. Oh wait, Scape is listening too. Yeah. But Scape, what about this guy? I mean, if he if he just sent his credit card number but didn't say how much he was. He bought in Mars food. No, he bought cactuses. That doesn't sound as good. No, well, you can't eat. I guess you can eat a cactus, but I don't think it tastes very good. I don't want to. Yeah. I think some people, like, eat grilled cactus, but I think he wanted them as, like, a pet. Uh, a pet Mars food? No, a pet plant. Just that like does put... not sound smart. Well, I don't know if it's a pet. He's just, like, a plant around the house. You put you plant things to make it look nice. That's not a pet. A pet is, protects the house from demons. Well, no, I think it's just to look to look good in the house. No, a pet is not to look good. I no, also look good. Okay, but that this is the cactus wouldn't do demons, it would just do the looking good thing. But it's not a pet. Well yeah, you should probably get a cat instead, but they got a cactus. Cactus All the letters of cat are in cactus, so maybe they just spelled it wrong. Yeah, they what they meant was Dear Cast and Wax, could I have your cat? And the answer is no. But instead they took his money. Yeah. Well, cause uh, they thought he said cactus. And they were like, I don't want to talk this. Well, yeah, but then they just like took a lot of money from him without permission. Okay, I think what happened was this. Roy Sinton was like, I will get you a cactus. And then he bought them a cactus for a reasonable price. Yeah. And then he got emotionally attached to it. <laughs> Wait, does Rory get emotionally attached to cactuses? Well, he must have. And he was like, I don't think I can let this cactus go for anything less than $1,000. Well, I, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I don't think Rory's a very emotional guy all the time. Maybe he did. Did you ask him, or did he just want some money? I'm just theorizing. Oh, I don't. You're really generous to Roy. I didn't know you liked him that much. I'm just thinking, why would I do that? Well, yeah, but you. I mean, you don't really have a need for money that much, do you? No, but I would say a thousand moist foods. Well, you could buy that much moist food with a thousand dollars. Yeah. You could buy a thousand cans of moist food. Okay. Rory now has that, and he hasn't bought it for you. Why not? I don't know. That sounds like cheating. It definitely sounds a little bit like he has all this money, and like if you need something, he hasn't helped you with it. That's not very helpful. Like he has more. You don't have any money at all. You're just a cat, right? Zero. Yeah. 
and he has all this money that you, and you need stuff that he yeah. could buy with the money. You you need ten moist foods, right? A minimum. Yeah. Yeah. How many does he, has Rory bought you? Zero. Yeah. I mean, what what the hell, right? What the hell, right? Aren't you gonna like try to make him buy you the moist food? Well, yeah. I tell him he should. Yeah. And he probably would. Yeah. See if he does, cause okay. and you get some moist food. And so he was probably like, I'm 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 in love with this cactus. I don't know if you can fall in love with a cactus. I couldn't. Like I think people normally fall in love with other people. Oh, here he has a girlfriend. What if he was gonna give it to his girlfriend? Does she like cactus? Maybe. Oh, what if she did? That's true. You know, if it was going to be for all for love, then it's all right. Yeah. So he was like, he bought the cactus for the guy, but then he was like, wait, if I give this to my girlfriend, she would give me a kiss. A kiss? Yeah. And so the guy was like, well, the guy didn't know, but in Rory's head, the guy was like, I ordered that cactus. And Rory was like, now it is more than a cactus. It is a kiss. Did, and would, do you think that would I, work with a girl? Yeah. And... And then, so then in Rory's head, the guy goes, well, just, I would just pay more money then. So it's worth a kiss. And Rory <laughs> said, okay, $1,000, please. But the guy just wrote a letter that says it, he charged him too much for the cactus. He doesn't understand it's for a kiss. Okay, so Rory should just, like, write him and said, I did it for love because his girlfriend really wanted a cactus. Yeah, that's what he should say, if that's true. So that's like if, if Frank Allen did it for Jordan's mom. Jordan's mom? Yeah. What about her? Oh, you didn't you didn't know about that? About what? You should just ask your dad about his mom and Frank Allen. About my mom? No, about your your dad's mom and Frank Allen. My dad's mom? Yeah. And Frank Allen? Yeah, just ask him about it. What would he say? He would well I it's kinda of, it's like private, so I shouldn't tell you. So it's a secret? It's kind of a secret. Like it's I, like sometimes people keep it secret. Oh. Is it about moist food? No, it's, it's not really about moist food. Okay. They don't have secret moist food? No, I mean, they haven't bought any moist food. Like, as I said, Rory could buy you moist food, but he hasn't. Rory? Yeah, he has. He, I thought he, we were talking about Frank. We were, but then I was just mentioning, because Rory has all that money that you could buy moist food with. I bet you you have money. I have some money, but if I bought moist food, it would be bad by the time I brought it to you. You couldn't eat it. It wouldn't well, be food be, anymore. Oh, I could test it and find out. Well, yeah, but then you get sick. Only if it's bad. Yeah, it would be. It would be bad. I don't know. How can you tell? Because food goes bad if you leave it around too long. But you have to try eating it to test it. I could, but it's cat food. It's for cats. Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay, I so accept. you just have to show me which are the good ones. Yeah, bring it over. No, like I haven't bought it yet. You have to come show me which is the good ones to buy. I can't come show you. You have to bring it here. Okay, so I'll get like cream spinach. What is that? It's like, you know, spinach is this little plant that grows no, with round leaves. I don't leaves. know what that is. Uh, it's a like, that grows in the ground? Yeah. No. Wait, hold that's on. Not, that's, that's not tough. No, it's moist food. No. Yes, it is. No. Moist food is made out of meat. Um, this is food that's in the food aisle. No, nope. there's totally no food moist. aisle. Every, yes, there is a food aisle. Which one? The one with all the food in it, that's the grocery all store. Down. No, there's an aisle with drinks in it, and there's mm. an aisle with housewares in it. I don't believe it. How many grocery stores have you been in? None. That's why you don't know about them. Well, so what are you trying to say? I know more about grocery stores than you do. No. Yes. How? Because I've been in one. That's what you think. <laughs> yes, it is, because it's right. What if you didn't? <laughs> then I would not know more, but I have. 
what if you thought you had been in one, but it was a trick? <laughs> Why would someone try to trick me into thinking I've been to a grocery store? Because they would make money. But, uh, wait a minute. So, I would go in and think I was in a grocery store and buy groceries. <laughs> and they would make money, right? Yep. Yep. But how is this a trick? Because I really would get the groceries. No. That was all fake. How was that fake? It was made out of... Uh, Play-Doh. But I ate it. It tasted like food. Spices. Uh, well, I'll get you some Play-Doh with spices then. I don't want that! But it's, t- it's just as good as food. You told me. No, I didn't say that. You don't know. You've never had real food. Ever? No. It's always Play-Doh or spices. <laughs> even, when I, even when I go to a restaurant? Yeah, that's a really good trick. But not... I don't know if I believe this. I I think that at some point I've had real food. What? Um, Name one. Yesterday Name one I had some food. No. Okay. Um, that was part of the trick. Okay, well, Scape, I can get you moist food, but it, the only place I can get it is in the grocery store where... Oh! Well, then what's the point? There, then I guess there isn't one. Just give them your money. Like give who my money? People are drinking. they're tricking me. Why would I want to do that? Because you get, that's your whole life. That's all that happens is they just trick you into giving them your money all I the don't, time. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to go to a real grocery store now. But how? how I just want to find where one is and go there. Like Where are you going to look? Bring them to you me. should help me because obviously... Bring them to me a trick. <laughs> Obviously, all the times I've tried before, it's been fake. So I'm willing to travel outside of Binghamton to taste real. I've never been to one. Okay, but you know about them. You were just telling me. My dad goes and he comes back. Uh, Oh, and he says this is from the real one. You should ask him. You should ask him where the real one is. I'll and then I'll take. Dad, where's the real one? What? (laughs) What is he? What are you talking about? What is he asking me about? He wants to know where the grocery store that doesn't sell you Play-Doh with spices. Yes. What? There's no grocery stores like that. Wait, they're all Play-Doh with spices? No, I mean there's no grocery stores that sell you Play-Doh and spices. Oh, well, you should you should tell Scape, because he says that every time I go to a grocery store, it's just Play-Doh and spices. Scape, there's no... Okay. Hi. Hi. All right, so have I had real food now or not? Yes. All right, so I'll get you some cream, cream spinach next time I'm there. <sighs> no thanks. Oh, all right. Well, maybe you should ask Rory then. Ask Rory then. Okay. <laughs> Did I just win escape debate? <laughs> <laughs>